0: In Georgia Ag in Review for the week of August 2nd, unfortunately the big news this week was the declining condition of some field crops. Here's the report. Well, last week's crop progress and condition report from the National Ag Statistics Service could be summed up simply as hot and dry. Signs of stress have been seen in some crops due to the high temperatures, and unfortunately the proof is very evident in the crop condition report. As the cotton crop is getting the brunt of it, with very poor to poor cotton conditions rising sharply from 10 to 23 percent in just one week. The peanut crop is faring slightly better as its very poor-to-poor conditions were at 11 percent compared to last week's 3 percent. As we turn our attention to livestock, Randall Wiseman had this wrap-up from Denver.
1: At the 2010 Cattle Industry Summer Conference last week in Denver, the Federation of State Beef Councils passed a resolution to maintain its partnership with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. But Josh White with the Georgia Beef Board said they still want to be more independent.
2: They didn't do a actual vote count at the meeting because it was so overwhelming. They just said it passed. But it was in the neighborhood of 50, 60 votes to two or three. So it was very strong in support of remaining under the overall NCBA umbrella, but definitely also sent the message that they wanted to be more independent such that the federation would decide their own governance structure, set their own budget, and not have anyone from NCBA's policy division checking off on it or, or having to pass it above them.
1: When it came to talks about the changes to the governance structure, he said only limited portions were addressed.
2: But I would say the federation's resolution declaring that they wanted to stay under NCBA's umbrella but decide their own more independent structure. That sets the stage in my mind for the Federation to work on their governance structure. And then I would assume that the policy side of NCBA potentially over the next year or so will look at theirs and figure out how it all fits. But what I was told going in by different leadership was hey, let's get federation straight first. Let's get that right, and then we'll go from there.
1: Now, there was a vote to set up a new investment schedule, which was proactive and generous for smaller states, and White said they were very happy about that.
0: And as we wrap up for this week, we hear from Everett Griner regarding the changing faces of equipment.
3: I frequently comment on the constant changes in agriculture and how technology impacts the production of our food and fiber. What about equipment? Well, there's John Deere and Case International... Used to be a dozen other big names in farm equipment manufacturing. But gone forever are names like Farmall, Alice Chalmer, International Harvester, and Ford. Most of these companies existed from around 1910, 1915, up until about the 60s and 70s. Farmall and Alice Chalmer were the big names in my part of the country back in the early days of tractor power. You only see those names at antique shows now. And not many people, farmers included, are aware that John Deere suffered two bankruptcies before it became the giant of the farm industry it is today. I just recently read that. It's not just what we grow, it's what we grow it with that comes and goes.
0: And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast AgNet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast AgNet's podcast.